Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Scarb Show. You are tuned in live from Salt Lake City. I am your host, Andrew Scarborough, and man, we are fully in effect for the NFL postseason as we just wrapped up the regular season just yesterday. Um, the current date today is January 8th, 2024, so the NFL playoffs start up this week. So sit back, relax, and let's get into this podcast, baby. Let's go. All right, everybody, good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Scarb Show, and like I mentioned previous, we are in the NFL playoffs, and I am stoked for these playoffs, so let's get right into these with our playoff matchups as we have Wild Card Weekend coming up this, uh, I believe it's January 13th and 14th, um, Saturday and Sunday, whatever those days might be. Um, but the first weekend of the playoffs is set upon us, and our matchups will be for the wild card weekend as we have the Houston Texans taking on the Cleveland Browns at home. We have CJ Stroud. He led the Texans to the playoffs in his first year as a rookie quarterback this year with first time head coach D'Amico Ryans as well. They will be at home taking on the Cleveland Browns, who have had a really really weird season this year as they have gone through at least four quarterbacks um before you know making the playoffs um of course they rode with their guy Deshaun Watson who they gave 200 million dollars to to be their franchise quarterback for the next five years he goes down with a shoulder injury in the middle of the season um the the Browns are 500 you know and they're not sure what they're going to do they drafted Dorian Thompson Robinson out of UCLA this year, uh, the rookie quarterback. They started him for a couple games, wasn't up to the par, and then started future, or I mean, I should say former UFL quarterback PJ Walker, who has been a veteran for a little bit now. He's been in the NFL for a couple of years, started his career in the XFL. He played a couple of games, just didn't, you know, kind of got a win, kind of didn't. And then, you know, the Browns ownership went in and said, we need a change. And they went on to sign future Hall of Famer and veteran quarterback Joe Flacco to a one-year deal who led them to the playoffs winning, I think it was like six out of their last seven games, um, leading them to a playoff spot in the fifth spot, finishing with a record of 11-6 and six this year. So that will be a great matchup for the first games to appear. And then also some other, these are the AFC matchups, by the way. Um, we'll get in the NFC here in a second. The other AFC wildcard matchups, we have the Kansas City Chiefs at home taking on the Miami Dolphins. This is Tyreek Hill's return to KC against his former team. As you guys don't, if you guys don't know, uh, wide receiver Tyreek Hill for the Miami Dolphins played his entire career with the Kansas City Chiefs before being traded two years ago um, to the Miami Dolphins. He is a superstar. He was a superstar in Kansas City and has been the best player on the Miami Dolphins this season as he almost recorded a 2,000-yard receiving season. I believe he hit about 1,700 yards, which is very impressive because 1,000 yards is a lot, and he blew that out of the water. But this will be him facing his former team in which he won two Super Bowl, or excuse me, one Super Bowl with. Um, against his former quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, and Ty, uh, Travis Kelsey, going back to Arrowhead, where he began his career 
in the cold weather because you know it's going to be cold in January and Arrowhead. It always is. But this is a great matchup. This will be Tua versus Patrick Mahomes. Very first, Tyreek versus his old team. So I love that matchup. And then the last AFC wildcard matchup this week will be against the Buffalo Bills taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Buffalo will have the home game. The Steelers will go be going into Orchard Park to try to upset the Buffalo Bills. And as you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers have gone a similar route as the Cleveland Browns this, did this year, uh, going through three different quarterbacks and Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, who they drafted two years ago and who was their starter for the future. He got hurt. Um, they also ran with Mitchell Trubisky, the former veteran for the Chicago Bears. They, I mean, this was probably the worst 10-7 and team to make the playoffs. I mean, they squeaked by barely. The Pittsburgh Steelers barely got in. But you can't argue it, man. They're in. They're in in place of all these other AFC teams, and they're going to have a test in facing Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in cold Buffalo, New York, which is just pretty much Canada, if you guys put it that way. It's freezing, especially in January in Buffalo going to be a tough test for those Pittsburgh Steelers and then in the number one seed the Baltimore Ravens have the bye week so they won't be playing till the divisional round here in two weeks so they have they are the only team in the AFC that will be getting a bye week so we will see them in two weeks then moving on to these NFC wildcard matchups this one is one of my favorites as we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Going against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles will go into Tampa to hopefully make it back to the Super Bowl, which they lost last year to the Kansas City Chiefs. This will be a tough test as going into Florida in January can throw off you know, the body because you're used to, especially when it's in Philly, it's always cold. Really cold as hell in Philly in January, December. Then you go down to Tampa Bay, which is hot, humid, you know, in the middle of January, which is, you know, Florida pretty much. The body is not used to going from cold to hot. So you can see a lot of cramping, sweating. You know, when you start sweating more, you start becoming more fatigued. So this is going to be a tough test for the Philadelphia Eagles. And how about those Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Baker, quarterback Baker Mayfield has risen them from the dead, from which this was supposed to be a rebuild year after Tom Brady announced his retirement. Baker Mayfield comes in and during free agency, signs with the team, and leads the team to the playoffs in a rebuild year. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers weren't even supposed to be winning more than five games this year. And they went on to win, I think it was nine games, to win the division in the NFC South. And wow, what a story it has been for Tampa Bay, as Tampa Bay has been one of the best teams, even with Tom Brady and now Baker Mayfield at the helm for the last five years. Uh, it's going to be a tough test for those Philadelphia Eagle fans. All right, and then moving on to our next matchup in the NFC, we have the Detroit Lions taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams will be traveling to Detroit, Michigan to face. Now, listen to this, guys. Listen to this. If you guys don't know this, Jared Goff, quarterback for the Detroit Lions, and then also Matthew Stafford, quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, were both traded together in a trade a couple of years ago. As you know, Matthew Stafford, quarterback for the Rams now, was drafted by the Lions, played at least eight or nine years in Detroit, and was ultimately traded for 
to the LA Rams just a couple of years ago, won a Super Bowl just a couple of years ago in 2021, beating the Cincinnati Bengals. But also quarterback for the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff, was drafted by the LA Rams. I believe it was God, it's been like six or seven years now. Um, led the LA Rams also to a Super Bowl against the New England Patriots back in 2018, 2019, if I remember right. Ultimately ended up losing one of the worst Super Bowls I've ever seen. The final score ended up 13 to 3 with the New England Patriots being victorious once again. While Tom, this is when Tom Brady was the quarterback for the New England Patriots. But Jared Goff was drafted by the LA Rams and was ultimately traded for Matthew Stafford to from LA to Detroit. And Matthew Stafford was traded from Detroit to LA. So they are both facing off against their former teams and almost their former head coaches. Um, this is going to be a great matchup to see both quarterbacks face off against their former teams. And one of them will reign victorious and one of them will have all the bragging rights because, you know, Jared Goff wasn't supposed to be the quarterback for the Detroit Lions in the future long term. And he has willed them to a playoff spot, winning 12 games this year and then almost making the playoffs last year. And then, of course, you have Matthew Stafford, who won the Super Bowl with the Rams a couple years ago and now brings them back again. And what was considered to be a rebuild year for the L.A. Rams as well. They finished at a record of 10-7 and seven and will now face and go to Detroit to face the Detroit Lions. So, God, these are some great playoff matchups. I love it. I love these. And then our last NFC wildcard matchup this week will be against the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott. How, how about them boys? You know, all them boys, fans, Cowboys will be facing the Green Bay Packers and will be facing first-time starting quarterback Jordan Love and his first ever season as a starter after Aaron Rodgers was traded to the New York Jets and now will be playing in his first ever playoff game as a starter against the Dallas Cowboys. They will be traveling to Dallas and playing at AT&T Stadium. And Dallas this year has admirations of Super Bowl intentions and Super Bowl winning. Dak has been on a superb year this year, possibly will win MVP him and C.D. Lamb have been the best quarterback wide receiver duo this year. And it's going to be a tough test for old Jordan Love in his first playoff game ever going into there. But I could see the Packers, you know, upsetting the Dallas Cowboys because you never know. This is a very intriguing matchup to see a veteran who is proven who needs to go win a Super Bowl. And then also a rookie, not a rookie, but a first year starter in Jordan Love trying to win his first ever playoff game. So got great stuff, great matchups, love all these matchups. And then lastly, you also have the San Francisco 49ers, who I mentioned earlier, will be playing in the divisional round here in about two weeks. They have the week off, they have the bye week, they have the number one seed over the year. So the Ravens and 49ers will not be playing this week, but they will be playing whoever wins these wild card matchups in two weeks here. So going to be a very interesting playoffs but i'm excited for this super wild card weekend all right moving on to some other nfl news and as you know for the 32 teams in the nfl only 14 make it to the postseason every year so that means another 18 teams are officially in the offseason of the nfl have officially came to the offseason and will be looking forward to 
building their teams up for next year as many transactions and many things happen after the last week of football as we have seen some uh, already seen some coaches be fired um, some potential coaches being fired um, rumors of players possibly leaving or being traded in the offseason and you know the NFL offseason is wild man it is always the craziest it's one of the craziest in sports because not only do you have head coaches being fired and hired which is prolific prolific and high viewing and very interesting just because the NFL is if besides soccer is the biggest sporting company in the world and is the biggest sport in the world so everything I even in the offseason every everybody's eyes are focused on the NFL so the NFL offseason is crazy because you have coaches being hired and fired you have the NFL draft which will kick off here in April you have NFL free agency that starts off here in March, which is always superb and crazy as you see big-time players going to new teams and players being traded or even cut um, from their respective teams. So it's a wild it's a wild offseason all the way up until training camp hits in about July. Um, but, yeah, all the way from about now to July, six, seven months of, you know, craziness happens in the NFL offseason. As we have already seen today, as like I mentioned earlier, two people, two teams are now moving on with new head coaches for the foreseeable future. As the Atlanta Falcons have fired their head coach, Arthur Smith, um, today. And then also the Washington Commanders will have fired their head coach, Ron Rivera, today as well. So both franchises will be looking to move in a different direction and will be looking for new faces to helm their team and be the new face of their franchise um, to possibly win them more games that the, than the Falcons and Commanders did this year. Because the Falcons and Commanders both missed the playoffs. Uh, the Commanders ended up winning, I believe, four games. Um, and the Falcons barely missed the playoffs as they fired their head coach, Arthur Smith, who went 7-10 and 10 over the last three years being a head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. So... Falcons owner Arthur Blank is looking to move on and find a new coach as well. And then, as you know, the Washington Commanders are being run by owners now, Josh Harris and Magic Johnson, former NBA ba basketball player Magic Johnson, will be looking for a new head coach as well. So some big, big, and that's not the only, that's not the only coaching firings that are going to happen over the next couple of weeks. I mean, we potentially could see uh, Patriots head coach Bill Belichick being let go. Um, we could also see the Raiders head coach Antonio Pierce, who finished five and four with the Raiders, possibly not coming back as well. Um, and then, you know, we have a couple openings right now. Um, you could possibly see Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel being fired as well. So a lot. There's probably, if my guess, if everybody gets fired and hired, there's going to be about seven out of 32 NFL team head coach position open. So they're going to have seven new head coaches, I believe, next year out of the 32 head uh, teams in the NFL. So seven teams will have a new face of the franchise next year. And like I said, that's just two coaches. The NFL offseason starts right away. They don't mess around. They start firing and hiring people right away. So the next couple of weeks are going to be a wild, wild thing. But you're going to, you know, stick around with the podcast and stick – Tune into the Scarb Show podcast, and I'll give you all the breakdown and all the breaking news to happen around the sports world and the NFL world each week. So make sure you guys come back and tune in for all that. 
so you can keep up on your sports news because I got you guys. All right, and then in other news with the NFL, the Chicago Bears um, are officially set to have the number one pick in this year's April 2024 NFL draft. They will be picking first overall, and the Bears are a very interesting number one pick. As you know, they traded, they had the number one pick last year in last year's draft as well, ultimately trading it to the Carolina Panthers. Um, in which the Carolina Panthers drafted their quarterback, Bryce Young, out of Alabama with the number one overall pick last year, while the Bears received in return for trading that pick wide receiver DJ Moore from the Panthers, as well as this year's first round pick from the Carolina Panthers and second round pick from the Carolina Panthers, in which the Carolina Panthers were the worst team in the league as they finished with a record of 2-15, and which ultimately gave the Chicago Bears the number one pick in the draft. And this is why this is interesting, because they have their quarterback in Justin Fields, who has run the helm for the last three or four years and has not produced the numbers um, that you would expect your starting franchise quarterback to produce. Um, Everybody, as you guys know, I'm not a Justin Fields fan, never have been a Justin Fields fan. Everybody says he's top 10. But yet the guy has more picks than touchdown completions, has, you know, only one. He won three games his first year, six games his second year, and now only won seven games this year. Um, So I that kind of tells you all you need to know about moving on. So what's interesting about the Bears, though, is they have Justin Fields, who is now entering his fifth year option on his contract. So they are going to either have to give him a contract extension and make him the future of the, the, the Bears' future quarterback um, for at least the next four or five years, or they trade him or cut him and draft a quarterback with this number one overall pick. As you know, there's some big-name quarterbacks coming out of the draft this year in college, as none only bigger than USC quarterback Caleb Williams, who is expected to go number one in the draft this year, which will probably be if they do end up moving on from Justin Fields, he will probably be drafted by the Chicago Bears, number one overall in this year's draft. Um, so Caleb Williams will be the Bears quarterback for the future if they decide to let go of Justin Fields. Or, like I said, if they do sign Justin Fields to a contract extension, that means they are committed to him for the next three or four years, which and ultimately the Bears will be looking if they sign Justin Fields to a contract extension to be looking to trade their pick away and trade down for some other desperate quarterback team needs. Um, other other teams that need quarterbacks desperately is what I meant to put. Um, so they will be looking to get some trade bait as they did last year, trading with the Carolina Panthers and getting all of those assets they did from the Carolina Panthers. So if they stick with Justin Fields and decide to not take a quarterback with the number one pick, they will possibly be trading down and looking to get some more assets um, for the foreseeable future with Justin Fields. Or they will be taking a quarterback number one. It just all depends on Justin Fields and what they do with Justin Fields and his future uh, pretty much on the team. All right, moving on from the football world, we are going to move to the fighting world where we are going to move to the UFC as a bunch of huge news has came over, has came up 
over the last couple of weeks, um, not only in the UFC, but also in the boxing world as well. So let's dive down into that. Um, some big announcements to come up over the last week, not only than bigger than UFC fighter Conor McGregor has announced his return to the Octagon as he will be coming back to the UFC on June 29th to take on Michael Chandler. Um, it is going to be a banger of a card. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be the you know the uh, main event, Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. And as you know, Conor McGregor broke his leg in a fight against Dustin Poirier three years ago and has not fought, fought ever since that day. So it's been a long road coming for Conor McGregor, who has been out of the spotlight for a couple of years now, as he is coming back to make his glorious return against his fellow um, hater, Michael Chandler, who has also been out of the ring for about a year now. So it's going to be a very interesting fight to see. Um, it's going to be very interesting for Connor to see how bad of that ring rust he's got. And ring rust means, you know, you're rusty. You haven't done it in a couple of years, just like any other sport. You're rusty and then you jump back in. You might not be as proficient or as good. But I'm curious to see how Conor McGregor shakes off that ring rust and how he's been preparing and training um, for this fight, this anticipated fight for the last couple of years. Um, he was rumored to fight, you know, last year, come back last year in 2023. Um, he was, you know, set to probably fight at UFC 300. But now it's officially set that the middle of, or excuse me, the end of June, Middle of summer, Conor McGregor will return to the octagon June 29th against Michael Chandler. So that's going to be a banger. Definitely going to have to tune into that and see that. That's going to be a great fight, and I'm curious to see how Conor does. Of course, you know Conor's going to talk his shit in the, at the press conference like he always does. And he's going to talk his shit before, before every fight. But, you know, Conor McGregor, let's see how he does with that ring rust. It's going to be very interesting to see. And then not only bigger than the biggest, besides the Conor McGregor fight, the biggest UFC event to happen this year will be UFC 300, the biggest, you know, most anticipated UFC main card ever um, in the UFC history, pretty much. UFC 300 marks a milestone for the UFC, so they are announcing Many, many fighters, many fighters want to fight in this historic UFC event. Um, it's just like the NFL with Super Bowl 50. Um, this is, you know, the mecca of the UFC, UFC 300. Many fighters want to fight, but only Dana White and all the UFC crew are going to choose the fighters that they want to see to make this card big. And this card is already big, as we have already seen a bunch of fighters be announced for UFC 300, which will take place Saturday, April 13, 2024. So we are only four months away from this big, huge card. But some fights that have already been announced on this card is in the light heavyweight main event, Yuri Prohaska will take on Alexander Rakic. Um, very, that'll be the you know light heavyweight event. Love that fight. Um, and then also in the featherweight co-main event, it has been announced that Calvin Cater will take on Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling is a 
notable fighter, one of the most recognizable if you're a UFC fan, and one of the most popular fighters in the world right now. So that's going to be a great fight. And then you also have the middleweight fight, which will be against Bo Nickel and Cody Brundage versus Cody Brundage. As you know, Bo Nickel won the Rookie of the Year this year in the UFC. So he is 5-0 and in his UFC career, um, is one of the young rising stars in the UFC. So he will be also on this UFC 300 card. And two other fights have also been announced in this card um, as Diamond the Dust, or excuse me, Dustin the Diamond Poirier will be taking on uh, Benoit Saint-Denis in a five-round co-main event um, in UFC 299. Um, that is the card before, uh, before UFC 300, so that's going to be a great card. Uh, that was set to take place Saturday, March 9th in Miami. But let's get back to the UFC 300 card where Charles Oliveira is set to fight at UFC 300 as well. And also Leon Edwards is set to defend his championship belt at UFC 300 as well. Probably will be taking on Bilal Muhammad. Um, it was announced Charles Oliveira will be fighting. Um, let me pull it up real quick. But uh, I'm loving Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad. I hope that's the matchup they're going to set. But I love Leon Edwards. Um, he just fought against Colby Covington last month in December, beating Colby Covington and, you know, earning his championship belt. So he is looking to defend that at UFC 300. And I think it's going to be against Bilal Muhammad. Um, but Charles Oliveira, Oliveira is set to fight Armand Tassarkewian, or however you say his last name. But Charles Oliveira is one of the most popular Brazilian fighters in the UFC, um, has been one of the most popular fighters in the UFC over the last couple of years. So that is a great great matchup as well so you know we got some bangers coming up here soon we got conor mcgregor on june we got ufc 300 we have diamond or dustin the diamond poirier fighting at ufc 299 so some great matchups for 2024 in the ufc world and then also in the boxing world we have a big anticipated fight as anthony joshua will be facing current uh boxer and former ufc fighter francis Ngannou. Um, i believe that fight is set to take place in i think like saudi arabia or something like that um but it's going to be a very interesting fight francis Ngannou is you know a big boy he was one of the best ufc fighters he fought um what's his face fury back in october um, should have won that fight, but ultimately lost to that fight. And then now he's facing Anthony Joshua, who is one of the biggest boxers in all of the boxing world right now. And it's, you know, it's going to be a pretty highly anticipated fight if you're a boxing fan. So if you don't really follow UFC and you're a boxing fan, this is one of the biggest fights of the year. So I'm excited to watch this. I'm going to be watching all of these fights take place, UFC and in the boxing world. But man. If you're a fighting fan, we got some bangers coming up here in the next six months. All right, everybody, moving on from the fighting world, we are going to move to the basketball world and head to the National Basketball Association, where a bunch of news has also came out over the last two weeks. So let's dive down right into that. As you know, as I stated in my one of my previous podcasts, 
uh, Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green was suspended indefinitely after multiple um, incidents on the court that involved this, you know, that risked the safety of the players um, that he played against due to his actions that were being, you know, that happened on the court. Um, they ultimately suspended him. And now news has came out this week as Draymond Green has now been reinstated um, after serving a 12-game suspension and also going through counseling. Um, He is set to return this week to the Golden State Warriors lineup and will be playing games for the hopefully the rest of the season if he doesn't commit one of these felonious, you know, bad acts that he always does and being the bad boy of the NBA um, like Draymond Green has been known over the years, not just this year, but over the his whole career, um, he's been known as to be a dirty player. So let's see if he can, you know, turn these, turn these, uh, turn this around and get back to playing basketball instead of being a, you know, uh, a wrestler on the court, <laughs> so to say. But Draymond Green is reinstated after 12 games of suspension and, and after he went through counseling. And then it was also announced today that. Draymond Green, during his suspension, uh, talked to NBA commissioner Adam Silver. They had a chat um, about Draymond's actions, you know, counseling. That was part of the whole counseling thing in which Draymond Green, uh, you know, threatened to retire. He said to Adam Silver that this is just too much for me. Uh, The news is too much for me. The publicity is too much for me. And I think I'm going to retire. And Adam Silver told Draymond Green, he's like, um, no, I think you're just trying to make a rash decision right now. You're not thinking with your head. You're thinking with your, you know, your heart, or excuse me, you're thinking with your head. You're not thinking with your heart on what you really want to do. Um, I, I understand all this publicity has bad, been bad on you lately and all this, you know, news and stuff puts pressure on top of you. But I think the best decision for you is to continue to keep playing and show the fans that you're different now that you've changed and that you can turn your career around and go out on top being a better person than you were before, so to say. And I guess they had a really professional, good conversation in which Draymond Green reversed his decision to retire. um, And now he is going to be coming back uh, to the NBA and will be playing games for the foreseeable future. And you, you got to love NBA commissioner Adam Silver, man. He is a commissioner for the players. You know, you get these commissioners that are all about business and about making money, and they don't care about the players, you know. But you have Adam Silver that's all for the players. Of course, he's all for making money for the NBA and getting publicity for the NBA. But he's also a commissioner for the players and also takes care of his players and also cares about his players' mental health and well-being. Because being an NBA player is tough sometimes with the, all the travel and away from family, all the publicity, um, you know, news and outlets. You're pretty much a celebrity and they watch every single move you do. You're always on the camera. You're always in the news. You're always in the public eye. So it's very tough. And Adam Silver understands all of that. So he's always checking in to make sure his players are happy, whether that be with pay, whether that be with mental uh, health awareness, whether that be just, you know, wellness in general, um, health injuries, you know, all that kind of stuff. So love Adam Silver, one of my, if not my favorite commissioner in all of the sports world. Um, He has turned the NBA around after, you know, 
over the last five or 10 years, the NBA has completely blown up, not only in the United States, but it's gone global. Um, and as it's becoming totally popular in you know countries like Canada, France, uh, China, especially China, oh, the NBA is absolutely huge in China right now. And you're starting to see more foreign players come out of these countries now, especially out of Canada, um, whether a lot of superstar players now are originally from Canada and are coming to play in the NBA and showing off their talents and not only Canada, but all, all over the world. So got to love NBA commissioner Adam Silver and his publicity to expose the NBA, but also care about every aspect of the NBA as well including his players. So got to love that. Speaking of Canada, though, we have had a major trade drop this week that involved the New York Knicks and the Toronto Raptors as the New York Knicks and Toronto Raptors completed a trade last week for young superstar R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly from the New York Knicks, they will be heading to the Toronto Raptors, or I should say they did head to the Toronto Raptors. In exchange, the New York Knicks uh, acquired Precious, Precious Achua, or whatever, however you say his name, uh, center from the Raptors. They also acquired Malachi Flynn, a point guard, and then also they traded away their big superstar, OG Ananobi, to the Knicks. So this was a huge trade. A huge midseason trade. You usually don't see these kind of trades happen until the trade deadline or in the offseason. But the beginning of the season, I mean, we're only like, what, 35 games into the season. So we're about a fourth of the way through. Um, and one of the biggest trades already happens of the season. As You know, it's crazy because, you know, R.J. Barrett was drafted by the Knicks just a couple of years ago with a third overall pick in the draft after they missed out on John Morant and Zion Williamson in that draft. And, you know, he was looking to be the future superstar of the New York Knicks, the face of the franchise for 20 years to come, hopefully. And it looks like plans changed as R.J. Barrett now heads to the Toronto Raptors for O.G. Ananobi. And, you know, O.G. Ananobi played his whole career in Toronto, became a rising superstar over the last couple of years, and now adds a solid, solid piece to a New York Knicks team who was trying to find their next superstar and build a championship roster and get back to their, their championship winning ways here in the next couple of years. Um, as a he pairs with Jalen Brunson and also Julius Randles, who are both superstars on the New York Knicks. And now you have RJ Barrett joining the Toronto Raptors and pairing with superstar Pascal Siakam. Um, so it's going to be a great, great fit. And, What's great about this for R.J. Barrett, I understand he got traded from the Knicks, you know, but he he is originally from Toronto, Canada. Um, so he goes back and gets traded to his hometown team in his hometown country. Because, like I said, you wouldn't you wouldn't think of that you wouldn't think that R.J. Barrett looking at him would be Canadian. You would think he's American, but no, he's Canadian. He's from Toronto, Canada, and he gets to go play for his hometown team and his hometown country with the Toronto Raptors. And speaking of that, he dropped a season high for not only this season, but for the Toronto Raptors this year. Last night, 37 points R.J. Barrett scored. He went off, off in that game on his new team. 37 points for the kids. So got to love it, and you got to love to see that he was traded to somewhere where he wanted to go and where he feels comfortable instead of trading him to some random team like the Bucks. 
So a very good trade for both sides as the Raptors pick up some young talent and then also the Knicks pick up some veteran talent to build their championship roster here in the next coming year. So got to love both of those trades. I think it worked out perfectly for both teams and, you know, it's great to see. All right, everybody, we are coming to the end of this podcast. Uh, Before we end this podcast, we are going to do our daily fun fact of the day, like always, like we do with this podcast. So we're going to get right into that right now. So the fun fact of the day for January 8th, 2024 is there is gold in our human bodies. Um, It is known, it is believed to... that we are known to have a little bit of gold in us and that the human body contains about 0.2 milligrams of gold, which is mostly in our blood. So in a way, we are all carrying around a little bit of treasure, which is wild to me because I didn't know that. I didn't know I had gold in me, bro. I mean, could I take some of my blood out and, you know, go donate it to a pawn shop and get some money out of that? (laughs) But I never knew that. That was a very interesting fact for me. But yeah, I guess we... We contain not only just water, but we also contain gold and all the other nutrients and things that happen in the human body, I guess. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that fun fact of the day. And thank you guys again for tuning in to this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in every week and showing all the support. If you are liking the Scarb Show podcast, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Make sure you tell your friends and family about the Scarb Show podcast and make sure you tune in every week and listen wherever your podcast may be available, wherever you're tuning in. Um, But thank you guys again for all the support every week, of course. And um, stick around because this isn't going to be the only episode I drop this week. I am going to drop two episodes this week for the makeup of Missing Last Week. Um, So I am going to drop two episodes this week. So make sure you stick around in the next coming days to see that next episode drop and make sure you listen to this one as well. So thank you guys again. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I have been your host, Andrew Scarborough. We are live from Salt Lake City. This has been The Scarb Show and we will see you guys soon, baby.